0: Thank <laughs> you. Where we talk trash about the things people love to hate. to love. We're your hosts, Shelby and Matt.
1: It's crazy because we uh, <laughs> filmed that movie back there uh,
0: What three
1: years ago, and I've haven't been able to get out of this for since. <laughs> it's just like part of my personality. Now
0: <laughs> you're like you're like. Usually you're better. Okay, I thought Elvis. I think I did pretty good. I think I did pretty good.
1: There's I'm a moment sure there where I talk saying. too
0: fast, but you're going like kind of too western, almost. You know what I mean?
1: To, what? Okay, like, so I'm I think like, it's like
0: I'm too thank you very like much. you got to drag it out. You know, you want to talk about it little. I feel
1: like we are saying we are doing <laughs> the same voice.
0: No, you're like Wait, okay. You're I, like I'm country.
1: I have to tell a story about <laughs> about. It's tangentially related to this. So Pride was last weekend. Okay. Me and my friends went to get our nails done at a like a nail place in Brooklyn and I got right. like rainbow nails. Cute. Um, yes.
0: Derivative, but cute.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's pride. <laughs> so there's only so many options that you have. Yeah. I sort of went like a neon y route, so they oh, weren't okay, okay. exactly yeah. Anywho, I got them done by a very lovely, you know, um, I don't know, like middle aged. Yes, oh. Asian woman oh, okay. And she, afterwards um, I gave her my credit card And she said, oh, your name is Matthew And I was like, yeah And she was like, oh, I have another client named Matthew And I was like, oh, okay And she said, same name Same voice And I was like uh, <laughs> And then she goes, yeah, he's a makeup artist And I was like, I think I just got Hate crime for having a gay Voice
0: <laughs> You, to be fair, have a distinct voice.
1: Yeah, You've but talked that, about it. Yes, but the fact that she, like in her quality, <laughs> they, her main reason that the two of us were the same was that we had the same voice. I was like, okay, okay.
0: Well, and the same I know what that okay. means. Listen, intent versus impact. I'm with you. I'm sorry you went through that.
1: I mean, I just. But there were I...
0: two things similar, right?
1: Right, <laughs> but but afterwards, me and my two friends who I with just like stood outside and laughed for like five minutes. It was very like because the woman clearly like did not mean to be offensive at all. Yeah. But I was like, I was like, this is right. great, great connecting
0: content. dots. How is this related? What was because of my voice? Days? Oh, oh, right, 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 yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, we can tell more stories about nail technicians and uh, <laughs> probably have more fun than talking about this movie. Just kidding. I I was okay with this movie. We're talking about Elvis, uh, Baz Luhrmann's latest project, frenetic and It's uh, been a colorful. while since
1: a Baz Luhrmann movie because yes, the Great Gatsby came out while I was in college.
0: Yeah, no, there was, yeah, there's Great Gatsby in like 2014. 20- 14, 14, 2015,
1: I think, and then before that, it was like Australia, but Australia. that wasn't. But that wasn't that far before the Great Gatsby. I feel like those two movies came out fairly close together, and then
0: yeah, he, he just disappeared. He's
1: also done. He did Romeo plus Juliet. He did, uh, La Rouge. Rouge, famously. He's very to
0: into.
1: Yes, he's an Australian director very into musicals to opulence to campy things to very like extravagant over the top and i feel like as he's gotten more money his projects have gotten more like that
0: Mm -hmm. his very very distinct style
1: yes and great gatsby i think I I know that some people really hated that movie, but I really liked it, and I thought that it did a good job of, like, the source material met the style really well because that book is all about, like, the opulence of the jazz age yes. and the 20s and these giant parties, and it, all the glitz and glamour, like, really worked for me in that yeah. movie. And he likes to bring in, like, songs from today and mash them up with older things and for whatever reason i thought that worked in great gatsby where there was like jay-z songs and beyonce stuff like playing over this 1920s number so i really loved the great gatsby obviously loved romeo plus juliet like i was excited for the elvis biopic even though i don't love elvis necessarily i really have no relationship with elvis
0: yeah i think it was on like a one of our hate it's I mean one of our not looking forward to it's once you know because this has been in the works for a while and COVID yes. seems to sound um I I too I love Boz I've I Moulin Rouge is one of the one and only times I broke one of my house rules uh, I was not allowed to watch it because it's too sexy mm. but I snuck it from a house I was babysitting at. <laughs> I stole it borrowed it I borrowed it and watched it on my computer one night and it changed my life I wept I I was moved I I still sing it to this day um and I think similarly even even his worst movie like even the most unwatchable aspects of a movie like Australia that just drags on forever there's still something enjoyable about it because it feels sort of different and he he's so there's such a frenetic energy to it that it's just like constantly moving and so you can't always necessarily like get it's hard to get bored even if you're feeling like it's boring you know what i mean like it's like <laughs> there's always something moving forward in his movies and so it's like it's opulence it's shine it's glitter it's glam and so it's like a visual feast at the very least yes
1: i will say though that the elvis this elvis movie is like two hours and 40 minutes long Forty nine. Okay. So almost three <laughs> hours. And it felt it long yeah. to me. <laughs> it did like it was not it was not like Everything Everywhere All At Once, which is a long movie that I felt like you sort of look down at your watch thinking that 45 minutes had passed and it had been an hour and a half. Like this movie, I looked down at my watch thinking like, Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> how like we have to be halfway through and it's like, Oh no, bitch, you got two hours left.
0: Yeah, it really does. I think partly because it does move so fast. So you're like, wow, we're getting through this. We're getting through this life story fast. And it's like, boom, 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 boom. But then you get to that first hour mark and you're like, Oh wait, what are the rest of these? What are the next two hours going to be about? If we've already like hit this hit the stride. And I do feel like, similar to you, I had, like, zero expectations. Um, I ultimately felt like it was fine. That's kind of, like, where I landed. I wasn't mad about it. I think it was too long. And I think he skipped over a lot of relevant and more interesting pieces of Elvis's life story. Um but I felt like he understood the assignment in a way where the performances, the like uh, the musical moments, I mean, were really great. And you kind of were reinvigorated about why Elvis mattered in the way he did at the time that he did.
1: See, I actively, I think, disagree with that. <laughs> I think that this is... I should be in the tank for this movie because it's so campy and it's so musical yeah. and those are things that I love. But I felt like fundamentally this was a bad movie and <laughs> even the sort of musical yeah. scenes I wasn't able to like there were thing there were parts of it that I liked but they were so frenetic and oddly mashed up and i felt like they really weren't in service at all to the storyline i felt like the storyline was confusing i got to the end of this almost three hour movie about elvis and felt like i somehow (laughs) knew very little about elvis even still and didn't know Even what we were supposed to take away from this of like, well, was Elvis a good guy? What is Elvis a bad guy? Like, should we like him? Was he talented? Was he not talented? Like I hadn't, it, it felt like watching a very long, like sort of chaotic music video and not, and then trying to like piece together what you took from it afterwards. And this is obviously a very different movie, but it just so happened that last night I went to a screening of Hairspray, and <laughs> while I mean, and Hairspray is based yeah. on a Broadway musical, so yeah. so very different films. But while we were watching it, I turned to my friend and I was like, "You forget how little actual non-musical parts in Hairspray there are. Like the story tells itself <laughs> so well that like you don't really even need scenes because." Mm-hmm. the the music and the like interstitials and stuff like just all it's such a tight film where it's telling this story that has lots of different characters but it and it doesn't feel like it's giving anybody like a short shrift but at the same time it's it's moving through stuff so quickly where Elvis I feel like really the whole you have 3 hours to just tell me Elvis's life story and I got to the end of it and I felt like you didn't even do that and that was insane to me
0: i i agree but i think where i give some let's call it grace uh (laughs) i think what he what boz lerman was trying to do here was not do a true biopic in the sense of like the imitation game or theory of everything or whatever, where you get the long historical like journey. I feel like he uses this frame story to show his intentions. And the frame story is it starts with the death of the colonel, his, his manager. And then the manager tells the story. And so instantly he's an untrustworthy narrator and everything he's going to share is going to have his spin on it. So it felt like it was more of a commentary on how how this man and then the public ate up Elvis without ever really knowing who Elvis was because that was true of Elvis at the time. Like He wasn't a public figure in the sense of today. Like It wasn't like, oh, Elvis's opinion on... uh, xyz like elvis has elvis speaks out here he was very much a a puppet in a sense or or he was trotted out like a little toy poodle to perform and do his all and he loved performing and whatever but he wasn't like himself he wasn't speaking out for his interests usually and that's like a that's like you know a lot of the turmoil around people looking at this manager and performer relationship and wondering what about elvis's life was his own choosing versus being abused by people with power over him. And so to me, it felt like Boz was trying to play on this, like, you can't really trust what I'm telling you, um, but I'm going to tell it in like a loud and frenetic way. And um, we're going to celebrate the energy and uh, enthusiasm Elvis was able to bring even in this tumultuous life that he led. That being said, I I think it was very forgiving of a man who in his own complications was pretty problematic.
1: (laughs) Well, the, I feel like if that was his aim, he also didn't succeed on that front because you not only like you, I felt like you didn't really understand who Elvis was in a meaningful way or and the film didn't really have a take on Elvis. Like, Oh, he was great. He was bad. He was this like it, it, uh, because it is coming from the Colonel Parker, Point of view, which is the character that Tommy Hanks is playing with (laughs) a weird accent.
0: He's a snowman. He's a snowball.
1: And it's like, that is, both of these men are clearly very odd and very (laughs) strange characters, and their relationship feels like it was. A very interesting like there's a lot of interesting stuff that i felt like half has to be here yeah. historically because like elvis is just so strange this colonel character seems so odd it's bizarre that they were together and then you find but but the movie also doesn't really spend any time focused on who the colonel is because like at the 11th hour you realize oh The colonel who said he was this U.S. like war hero is actually some guy from Amsterdam who's like living in the U.S. illegally. Like Elvis can't go on a global tour because the colonel can't leave the country because he can't get back in. But it's like we never then got the backstory of like, why did he come here? What like what was happening in Amsterdam? Like there was an interesting backstory there that we did not get. Yeah, yeah and i was like what's like what's the point of having this if we're not going to get either these either these backstories i i want to take a second to sort of like zoom out and look at the genre of musical biopics cuz i feel like we've gotten a number of them in recent years because Obviously, people like the music that famous people have. So it's an excuse to listen to that. And then also, these tend to be like awards plays because you can have somebody who's going to sing, they're going to be acting, they're sort of doing a character playing a real life person, which does well in the academy. So we've gotten a bunch of these from Bohemian Rhapsody to Rocket Man to The United States versus Billie Holiday to, I mean,
0: not line. really
1: Dream Girls necessarily, but like there's just so many of these and i feel like kind of fundamentally they are flawed because one i don't think that the the journey of most musicians is somewhat similar in that they are artists who then sort of get exploited and then become famous and lots of them meet tragic endings so it's not there's like not that much of interest there kind of once you've seen the story but then also most of these are produced with the help of the estate because they need that in order to use the music in the movie. And the estate doesn't want to portray the person in a horrific light. So the bad things that they do, are not even bad, but just like some of the more generally like un... Uh, acceptable things that they've Mm -hmm. done that the public would not take as well are polished over so we're not getting as much of the like drug use or the infidelity or the oh they were uh unreliable or they were lazy or they you know
0: or they groomed a a 14 year old right (laughs) yes
1: We're not getting that, and even like in the case of the Bohemian Rhapsody, it's like we're not even going to comment really on the fact that like he was gay and was like hooking up with people, and like we're we're going to really polish over that quickly. And so, part of the sections of the story that might be more interesting are also the sections that we're inevitably going to be leaving out. And so, what you're left with is kind of a like sad, unsatisfying story with a bunch of musical numbers intercut, and they usually tend to be long. And I just don't know. Like, I'm like, what is the successful version of this that is beloved that these people are aiming for? Because I feel like I've seen a bunch of these in recent years, and I haven't yet to be like, wow, that was exquisite. <laughs> like, I think Rocket Man is probably the best one. But... Yeah.
0: Well, I mean you know, taste tastes subjective and a lot of people loved walk the line. Yeah. Um, a lot of people love rocket man. I agree. It's like the same with biopics in general. It's impossible to water down an entire life that will please everyone with a two to three hour window. And um, yeah, I think you added note on the music does create an interesting issue. And while they got permission from elvis's family to do this elvis's family was not like involved in it at all unlike i mean i think uh elton john was yeah, El- doing john god grip man yeah and like yeah so so they weren't like hands-on in the same way but they ended up really loving it at least um priscilla and his daughter uh leslie marie wait lisa marie lisa marie and um And so it is kind of interesting because you have a lot that makes someone famous and a lot of opinions around that, both good and bad. You have the personal private life of a person and you have the public persona of a person. Um, And so did this feel like a very, you know, shallow portrayal? of a pop figure that's kind of fallen out of vogue yeah definitely it definitely read like a wikipedia summary of elvis's life and it cut out any sort of nitty-gritty problematic thing i saw a review that was like this is basically like a movie that's anticipating negative TikToks." so it's like (laughs) it's like and you see i saw a bunch of tiktoks go viral about like oh elvis's true story elvis's true like what happened with his death what happened with um priscilla and all of this stuff because. Elvis's life is interesting and very sad, but it seemed like this movie was more focused on, well, let's let's reintroduce him to society at large and kind of remind people of the showman, the performance aspect, the bodacious, like, you know, Elvis the pelvis type, and kind of honor that portion of this man's life in the hopes that it'll draw attention to him anew.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, yes, I think that is a move that they were attempting. I don't know if a lot of people are going to watch this and go like, "Oh, I need to start going to listen to Elvis music." Yeah. Um, another po- another thing that I think that they sort of pull the punch on here is, and again, I don't know very much about Elvis's real life, so I'm like solely going off of what they show in the movies. But he has like a in his growing up like has a closer proximity to black people than most white people did because he was poor and so then in his musical career he sort of like takes things from them and repurposes them himself but the film didn't do a good job of uh, showing us like are we supposed to take that as a oh he's sort of like stealing and appropriating things and then getting famous off them himself or like oh he was such good friends with these people that like he like you know right was able to kind of like use their stuff and he was like in with them and that white people who were his fans were just like
0: no i mean that was a yeah. huge like systemic issue of of the early music rock and roll and music period um and so like historically what would happen is anyone would write a song and then they would these white performers would be able to buy that song purchase that song from the black creator and then use it themselves like sort another of another
1: plot of hairspray yeah
0: <laughs> yeah exactly and so do i think um elvis was intentionally knowing that he was screwing these people over. No, I think he was operating in a system as it existed. And so it is kind of a problematic situation. And I think this movie is interesting in that it seems to be trying to say like, Oh, see, he loved black people. Like he understood that that's what his influences were. He honored them like, yes, but he also profited off of them in a way that they never saw. And it didn't feel like there's a passing line where one of the, um, black artist B.B. King I think or one of his friends is like oh you'll sing this song and you'll get rich for it but I sing it and I won't type thing and that's like a true fact that's a proven fact where even the song that they you know even the songs that they show like Tutti Frutti or whatever were eventually more while the black originators were original, were eventually like accepted as the better versions they were popularized by white artists who would come in and take these songs. And the thing about Elvis that you have to remember and a lot of performers at the time is that they weren't songwriters in the sense that we expect now with like Beyonce and Taylor Swift and Billie Eilish. They write their own stuff. They're involved in the creative process. The the Elvis template of like, oh, I just happen to sing. I'll sing whatever you put in front of me type right. thing was very much the the bread and butter of music. So, it was kind of an interesting part. I appreciated that one. They made an attempt to name those original black artists in this film. Yes. And so that highlighted that for a lot of people, I assume. But it is weird that that ended pretty much at the hour plus a change mark and you never saw them again like ever and it wasn't really addressed except a passing comment where they're like you you wouldn't let me hang out with my Black friends or like have a black or join my I don't even remember, but it was like it seemed odd that they were trying to milk this relationship to justify the fame Elvis got when black artists were doing it the same thing and well, doing it better often. Yeah. I- um, but i never think really it, explain it later.
1: Part of the reason why they were so prevalent in the first half of the movie was because they were showing that that was where the inspiration came right. from for like Elvis's sort of signature dance moves and stuff. Like they kept switching back to like church revival yeah. scenes <laughs> and saying like, oh, that's sort of where he got the shaking from was from like watching people in like Pentecostal churches, yeah. which I was like, is that? like is that true it (laughs) it felt like a stretch to me in watching (laughs) it but i mean again i don't know the but then yeah once we got into the second half and it became more of a story about like the evil manager and him and his wife that that kind of fell through because it's not really like elvis's career developed very much Yeah, at least from the movie. It's like he sort of came out with a signature style and vibe. They tried him in movies, which he did okay at. Then he sort of fell off and they put him in this Vegas residency where he just kind of kept doing the same thing. And people would come and watch him until he eventually died.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think where the movie does a disservice is pretending this is like a realistic timeline because they Obviously, make a lot of oh, a lot of uh, generalizations and skipping and and pushing together of storylines and like all of that. So it wasn't necessarily like factual how that second half goes. He clearly needed a triumphant moment, and that's meant to be this climactic um, Christmas special that he takes control of, and and it oh, becomes yes. sort of a a comeback stage. And none of that really like. I mean, it happened technically, but Elvis was making music and some of his more popular songs came, I'm pretty sure came after that special. So it wasn't like he even was like, outdated after that and just like had a lazy Vegas show. But yeah, similar to you, I don't know much about Elvis. But I was like, this, this seems like we're missing something because the things that this movie wanted to emphasize, which was like, Oh, I'm so sad. Martin Luther King got shot, and oh, I oh, yeah. I love there was my wife. <laughs> so much
1: weird current events stuff in yeah. here that just did not like it. It wasn't like it wasn't like a Mad Men episode where like the current events <laughs> things like mirror the stuff that's going in the story or like have some kind of importance to it. This was just like, oh, it's Elvis, Elvis, Elvis. Oh, Bobby Kennedy got shot. Elvis, yeah. Elvis, Elvis, Elvis. Elvis. Oh, Martin Luther King Jr. got shot. But it wasn't even like a montage of sort of like here's what the times were like, baby. Yeah. It's it, Yeah, they're just so strange. So many weird things yeah. in this movie. Yeah. And it
0: all felt like very this is made up like that was, those were the moments that felt the least um, realistic or sincere to me was when he was like feeling sad, watching TV. And I feel like that brings me to like what worked and what didn't, because I really liked Austin Butler as an Elvis performer. I think he did a really good job of having that like sort of sexual charisma and the body language and, and mimicry of Elvis on stage. I didn't necessarily love him like in these quiet moments where he's like mostly with Priscilla, I guess. And it might just be my bias around that whole storyline because, oh, Jesus, is that a bad story?
1: Because here's – okay, we'll get to the Priscilla stuff, but let's talk about like the Austin (laughs) Butler or acting first. Um one of the main plot lines I feel like coming out of these film reviews was like, okay, the movie's a bit bloated. It's whatever. But Austin Butler has a great performance. And while yes, I think like he did do like he did his own choreography. He's doing his own singing sometimes. Although the movie is not, it's it's very Baz lerman y in the, like, there's lots of times where he, it's not like he is standing on stage singing a song, like, in The Queen, like, in Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody. It's a lot of sort of montages where it's, like, he's sort of singing, somebody else is singing, there's a pop, like, Doja Cat is singing, we're getting shots of different things, like, so it's, he doesn't really have a lot of numbers where it's just, like, him performing it feels like they're all sort of combined with other stuff which i do think takes some of the power away from his performance Mm -hmm. but also he is given very few like actual talking scenes to get through it's mostly music stuff and dancing and sort of just like glowering and even the he seems very socially awkward in all of the talking scenes that he has. He's just a lot, but he's sort of like he like can't make eye contact and is sort of always looking down. Like oh, like he's sort of shy. But then he gets <laughs> on the stage and he's like crazy. Yeah. And I don't think that they gave him very much dialogue. So the reason why the scenes with the Priscilla are bad, I think, is because for for the most part, those are the only scenes of prolonged dialogue that he has like there's a couple of them with the colonel but that's not there's not a ton of them and a lot of times the colonel is interacting either like with priscilla with elvis's mom with elvis's dad like with somebody else and elvis is sort of just like taking a back seat to it so i don't think that the like in some ways is a good performance but ultimately i'm like this isn't (laughs) doing that much for me
0: yeah, that's And interesting. crazy that Austin
1: Butler is now like Was so methodically oh, yeah. still in this character like, Because it's like Lincoln. well what exactly Did you have to do as this character <laughs> It's not like Lady Gaga In House of Gucci where it's like She has lots okay. of extended okay. Chatting scenes so I mean it's like She's crazy but at least you can see like Well she was doing that accent a lot So
0: okay so I Think a couple things one This just reiterates that I do think the movie Was more concerned with sort of a Um confrontation of our abuse and use of celebrity and so that's why i feel like austin butler as the titular character was still taking a back seat to um especially the colonel's point of view and i think it's better in the first half like all before that christmas special i think it's all before priscilla really it's like i felt like it was a good movie strong movie interesting but i do think Second point that the sequence of like the Elvis, the pelvis, like you guys told me not to dance, but I can't help it, you know, and then the Christmas special and the final showdown where he's yelling at the colonel backstage. I think those were proof of a good performance. Uh. Like I if this pops up on streaming that's those are the scenes I'd go back to. I felt like I was really enamored by by it because it felt like like you know, in something like um, oh man, what's the horrible one uh that won the Bohemian Oscar Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody that performance was so bad and like obsessed with being like literally as exact as he thought he could be to his source material whereas I feel like Austin Butler knows he's not gonna you know he's not gonna puff out his cheeks he's not gonna look exactly like Elvis he's not concerned with adopting every single Elvis ism but he understands the the energy he needs to bring I <laughs> uh, I don't <laughs> that's how I, I felt
1: it felt like so much production and, like, things swirling around but him. But that's Elvis, baby. But I don't know if that's, like, <laughs> I don't know. How, I can't tell how much of this is actually, like, his performance and how I much see. of this is just a lot of, like, other things swirling around him. Yeah. Like, the the Taron Egerton performance in Rocket Man, I think, is a better performance where he is having to do more of the heavy lifting like as an actor himself like he is in these scenes he is doing the singing he's not relying on the vibe of the film or other characters or anybody else to sort of put things on him like he's carrying it all himself where in this movie i'm like yes austin butler has like this vibe of young elvis that's sort of like um uh sexy like rebel kind of but is that because is that his doing or is that just the movies doing because (laughs) there's so many like the editing is so choppy and there's so many things cut with other things and overlaid with stuff and and visual effects and music sequences and the sound that I'm like I don't like what is there a scene where Elvis actually has to or where Austin Butler is actually expected to perform for like a minute straight (laughs) <laughs> on his own, yeah, the Elvis Palace
0: scene—it's uh—it's amazing. Which scene is that? the one where he's like, "They told me not to dance. I can't even wiggle a finger." The one that's, uh...
1: yeah, but I feel like very quickly <laughs> that scene derails.
0: Yeah, I understand what you mean. It's a very like, there's very much. I swear that was to... chopped
1: up with like, again going back to the church sequences.
0: I don't remember. I I know he loves to, you know, that's always his style kind of weird zooming in, zooming out. Someone's moving fast. Someone's moving in slow-mo. Like that's, that's a Lerman signature, but yeah, I see your point. Like it's, and they didn't even make him sing really. They used um, layering of Elvis's voice. So it wasn't like he didn't need to really carry the whole show, let's say. Um, But I think, it's easy to see why he's getting praised when everyone around him in this movie is so bad, i.e. Tom Hanks. (laughs) I absolutely hated Tom Hanks in this. I hated it. If you say you liked him in his little fat suit with his weird accent and his absolutely strange choices, we're going to have a problem. (laughs) I,
1: again, don't know enough about Elvis to know if this was like a accurate portrayal of what this man actually sounded like but Mm. it was not it was not great i don't know if i'm willing to like put all of that on tom hanks because i felt like (laughs) the dialogue that he was forced to stumble through was so strange but yeah the accent was weird the like the
0: the beady-eyed rat face choices were weird all (laughs) of
1: the like but then even just, like, the shooting of the scenes, like, where he's, like, stumbling through the casinos yes. and stuff. I'm, like, why? Like, I what is the purpose knows. of this?
0: Well, it's his fever dream. I mean, it's his dying. He's, like, you won't take me down for this. I didn't do anything wrong. You guys killed Elvis. Like, he's the classic unreliable narrator who has an inflated self of, sense of self.
1: Right. But, like, what, like, how much of that was his choice and how much of that was... Boz Lerman's like post-production oh, stuff right. and like being like okay you're gonna wear this and you're gonna like I think the accent is Tom Hanks but aside from that <laughs> I'm like
0: <sighs> well I mean that's true of like any role everyone's told you're gonna wear this and you're gonna do this like that's that doesn't rob it of it being a bad performance like you know I just don't think Tom Hanks was at his best in well, no, I definitely don't think. Given.
1: No, I think he was given bad stuff to work with, and I don't know if somebody else could have done a better job with this role given the parameters that he had.
0: Absolute bonkers character choice. Whoever did it. <laughs> well, but
1: I think it's like an like this character had like Anna Delvey. Accent energy yeah. where it's like it's a someone from the Netherlands attempting to be a Southerner,
0: yeah. <laughs> it was very so
1: weird. I don't, well, yeah, and it was
0: like I really wish that, yeah, like that the that Boz had dug into kind of the weirdness of this guy because it, it
1: yes, I think he's that's asking the you... interesting story. There is like, yeah. why is like.
0: Well, not even this... like, I don't need answers, but it's more, he never like condemns it necessarily. No. And um, like even the beginning, it's like, I work at this carnival and I founded this country band and then I realized this this boy I heard on the radio is a white boy, a white boy. I need to get the white boy. And it's like so cartoonishly villainy that I would have welcomed that throughout. But again, there's this weird tonal change in the second half where they decide Elvis is sad. Elvis is depressed. Elvis doesn't know what to do. And then it just kind of like fades out. Like it gets really serious, really glum. The, um, the stage, you know, condenses because you're stuck in Vegas. You have the same people flittering through Elvis's life and nothing's really changing for the final hour, except that Elvis is sad and more strung out and then eventually dies. And so I feel like they should have made him remain silly because it just, like, lost its energy the instant Elvis did his Christmas special.
1: Well, and the movie had about 10 points where I thought, oh, this is the end. And then it yeah. kept going. <laughs> so, like, there was a part where he got on an airplane and sort of, like, turns around in waves. And I thought, oh, this is, like, the perfect ending for this movie. Like, get me out of here. And then it was, like, three years later. I was <laughs> like, oh, no, not again. Like. Um, the... Yeah, the the all of the acting choices, all of the I, but I feel like a lot of the issue with this movie was the writing. Like that's what I am blaming most of the problems yeah. on because I feel like the writing was subservient to the aesthetic choices that they ha- that yeah. there was like Baz Luhrmann obviously wanted to make a movie about Elvis um wanted to do these sort of fun, uh, you know, over-the-top musical numbers because he loves music, loves one to do a bunch of crazy Elvis costumes, which also makes sense. And then the story sort of was, you know, cobbled together. Because the Colonel Parker-Elvis relationship does seem very interesting. Like, Colonel Parker is this con man who has somehow managed to, like, get his teeth into the biggest pop star of... In the world's history, and control everything about him, and then, like, finally, sort of met his comeuppance. And but that relationship felt like there was a lot of interesting stuff there that either we don't know about, or the movie just didn't really get into because it wanted to spend most of its time on the more artistic stylish musical
0: aspect. yeah it plays very much like cliff notes like oh i realized you can make merch oh i uh i've signed this deal that i'm not going to mention for five years for vegas and i'm not going to tell you why and so it doesn't feel like it's digging into well what did elvis think what did what happened there and how did this get so bad so fast and what's interesting is it it was even worse in a lot of ways than what they portrayed here like as far as elvis and vegas, like, having this obscene diet and and the drugs and alcohol binging and following doctor's orders and all of that was like well not the food part but the alcohol and drugs was touched on but it wasn't like fully explored or condemned or played with and I feel like what would have worked better instead of like doing a straightforward biopic I think they should have gone the route of something like and, and not exactly, so stay with me here, but something like how the greatest showman literally just like, oh, interesting nugget from this person's life. I'm going to come and make an entirely fictional story out of it. I feel like they should have done something where instead of worrying about hitting every signpost in Elvis's life, they just took one or two themes of it, one or two moments, however you want to cut it, and build an entirely like fictional almost dreamscape around it which might feel disrespectful to the party like the real people involved or whatever maybe that's cause for a reason for sticking more to the facts but i just feel like it was burdened by wanting to hit all these notes but also skipping over some pretty big ones
1: i think that What they should have done is taken the route of Judy, which is objectively not a great movie, but of somehow picked a moment in Elvis's life later that Mm. was smaller, that had more of a story arc to it.
0: Being the Ricardos.
1: Yes, like, uh, yeah, again, like a being the Ricardo situation and really followed that, like, you know, month, like, yeah. oh, we got to get this concert together, like that kind of a thing. And yeah. then you could have obviously included some flashbacks to earlier stuff and put those in. But you wouldn't have need to hit every single time blind, You could have just sort of hit the ones that made the most sense or were the coolest to include. Yeah. And then also it would have given the story a little bit more structure. And I don't like the Colonel Parker Frame story because I feel like that doesn't Really make sense unless you're going To really delve into who Colonel Parker is which the movie does not Do Um, yeah
0: I think a More interesting frame would have been Like a his daughter Or his ex-wife being like I'm sick of people remembering The like bad and sad and just Like I want to remember the the start The dreams come true type and just Do the early life almost
1: more like A Jackie kind of a situation yeah
0: Where it's just like let's celebrate the fun and and honor how he got here and whatever, but we don't have to like, cause they didn't delve into the sad descent. It was kind of just a rushed finale. And I think it all goes downhill when it's like he's conscripted into the military and, and the movie's like he started hanging out with his teenage daughter, and it's like, I mean, let's let's say it, she was fourteen. It wasn't like a seventeen-year-old or an eighteen-year-old, even. It was a fourteen-year-old child hanging out with a twenty-four-year-old man who literally told her verbatim that he likes them young because it it makes it lets him turn them who into who th- he wants them to be, <laughs> and then kept her hold up in Graceland for my, I think four, five, six years before society told him that he had to marry her or else uh, people would start judging him a little harshly and so then he married her and when she got immediately pregnant he told her man I don't know if I can have sex with you again I've never been with a woman who delivered a child I don't think I'll like it so there's a lot going on that was gracefully set aside Um, and I think that's true of the critiques of the colonel character as well but Elvis is an interesting figure. He's an important, his you know, pop culture figure. But I think this movie, in a rush to kind of talk talk about it all, failed to really dig into why.
1: Well, also, there is the issue of, like, most... Because this also, like, sort of came out a little bit when Selma came out, of the... Yeah. these figures who were very popular and great like in the mid-century or even before that like were able to get away with lots of things that now in today's culture were like Ugh, no that's like not a good look for you but people were sort of like oh yeah that's normal at the time so when you go back and do a biopic of them you really have to figure out how you're going to handle those more prickly elements like with like the fact that MLK like had cheated on his wife um and I think that the like I feel like you sort of have to steer into them at a certain degree like this movie By trying to make Elvis look like too good of a person like sort of robs it of the more interesting details but also makes it seem like very inaccurate where I think they could have made a more interesting movie if they had kept like that kind of stuff in there but then it would have made Elvis a less like shiny figure but ultimately it's like he sort of looks like a not like it's not like he's coming across great in this version either So I'd rather have like a truthful version where he seems a little bit worse than, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's so hard. And and I feel like that is another reason why I just sort of like don't like these biopics because you have these characters, you know, like Winston Churchill or whoever, (laughs) where you're like, this person wasn't...
0: Yeah, (laughs) they were
1: great in some ways, but they really sucked balls in other ways. And you have to give us both of that or otherwise the whole thing feels fake.
0: Yeah, it's true. And I think I think one of the problems in this movie is that it tries to present him as this victim, but it doesn't actually give us like real credence for that it it doesn't paint it as like he was manipulated i mean it does but it didn't feel as harsh. it feels like he's just kind of yeah it just feels like he's kind of clueless and then he realizes too late that he's like signed a deal he didn't mean to type thing and it and it wasn't clear how that deal I, i don't know like i i think it is true that you know it's a fact that people use these sort of up and coming stars to manipulate and get them to sign horrific deals that they can then haunt for the rest of their lives. But I feel like they needed to dig in somewhere deeper to make us feel like Elvis ever had interest in having a say in his career because it seems like he was constantly being told what to do. Um, whether well, that mean, was Mrs. the people. Mrs. Turnblad is your yeah. agent because <laughs>
1: yeah. she was reading the contract and she was not yeah. going to let Pinky get one over on <laughs>
0: Tracy. exactly because it's just like he, every and I thought they were going to start criticizing that where it's like oh you're just yeah you but just then they never really got, got into it yeah no. like, they signed
1: that contract but and it like sort of comes up later but not in like a concrete way
0: yeah and like everyone wants a piece of him like his dad but it doesn't ever really like criticize or explore it so it's like it's very frustrating to watch because it feels like sure you're getting the highlight reel but it's just giving you more questions than answers
1: yeah. Yeah. So
0: I feel like it's like watchable if it's something that interests you, but it is very long. And honestly, it's so long. <laughs> just like leave after the Christmas special. And I think it's a better film.
1: <laughs> well, I actually watched this in two sittings.
0: Oh, Matthew. Because Fake.
1: I. Well, no. I went to the. I went to see it, and then my friends texted me, were like, "Hey, you want to get dinner?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm bored." So then I left, and then two days later, I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get another ticket and just go like halfway through and watch the second half."
0: So you like missed the whole Christmas special? You like no? I saw timed the whole it. film,
1: <laughs> but
0: that's pretty funny. But
1: I saw it in two sections. Uh, luckily, I think that. Because this, like, I think that Rocket Man was a much better movie than this. Yes. I think the fact that Rocket Man came out, like, at a similar time and did not get that much awards attention means that this, I think, will also... And same with, like, In the Heights. I think this is just in that slot of, like, not quite um, late enough to hang on unless it's spectacular. And I think those other movies were better. The one thing I will say about this movie is that I thought that the whatever they did for the makeup for Austin Butler's character was very successful because it didn't seem like he was like it wasn't like he was under heavy prosthetics or something in the like older parts but then when he was in the older parts and they'd flash back to the younger parts I was like oh he looks way younger and better then and I don't know what they did to him if it was like makeup or if it was visual effects or what but i was like these sort of slow like aging progression of young hot elvis into sort of like old fuddy duddy elvis like worked well it was a lot of the spray tan involved but, <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: like uh, i was like the whoever did this deserves some kudos
0: yeah i think that's what was part of the fun is just seeing the elvis impression so I think that'll come down to the, whether you enjoy this movie or not. And if that's enough of a draw, then I can see why you might go to the theater. But yeah, I don't think this will be a lasting impact or ranked high, even in Boz Lerman's uh, filmography.
1: I have listened to the Hound Dog song with Doja Cat about 50 <laughs> yeah. times since seeing this. That's a good one. Also, I did, for like, I have forgotten some of Elvis's better songs like Suspicious yeah. Minds is good. I do like the one from Ocean's Eleven that's like a little less conversation. Like, oh,
0: yeah. Alright Mama. Um I also feel like it was strange I really liked the musical notes in the beginning with like Doja Cat and stuff, but then those stopped too once he left Memphis. And I was like, uh you gotta give me something to care about this stint because it is absolutely dull. <laughs>
1: Well, also, didn't Elvis like sing a lot of like Christian songs at one point? I I feel like that was something that I knew growing up is that like Elvis was sort of a like religious figure because he sang so many like church songs, Mm. but we never really got that in the plot line. So I don't know.
0: Well, I guess we just need to read an Elvis uh, biography next. I
1: will not be doing that. (laughs) That sounds terrible. Um, you don't
0: have time anyways, because you have to spend 12 to 15 hours watching Stranger Things this week.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. I keep forgetting. Okay. I'm going to start that tonight. I'm going to start that tonight.
0: Yeah. Um, when
1: you get a text from me on Sunday that's like, hey, um, <laughs> let's push that back a week. Just don't be too mad at me.
0: No, we have to give the people what they want. They were mad we didn't do it for the first part. So
1: They were? Yeah. So...
0: Our followers DM'd me.
1: Okay. They were like, are no. you
0: guys not talking about Stranger Things? And you I was can like, say that truly because
1: I never check the Instagram <laughs> stuff. You could be like, our followers are desperate yeah. for us to do an episode on French toast recipes. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay.
0: Yeah. Well, you've heard it here. If you want to talk to me directly and never ever Matt, then you can just DM us on Instagram at PSURong or send us an email at PSURong at gmail.com.
1: Or if someone could fact check this, like DM me. <laughs> Be like, we- I never said that. Okay. Okay. Well, I have to go, because I have to go watch a Demi Gorgon eat whale yeah. Byers.
0: <laughs> Demi Gorgon is like three seasons ago. What? A- <laughs> who cares?
1: Okay, I'm leaving. This was, Matthew has left the building. Oh, yeah. Goodbye. <laughs>